We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If it's remote and it can be anywhere, why keep you? So the people who ask for too much, they may end up getting burned because companies are going to go, if we're going to have people work remote, we're going to find the least expensive labor we can. And it's not going to be in major metropolitan areas. It's going to be in more remote where the cost of living is cheaper so you don't have to pay as people as much. That's Tom Gimbel, founder and CEO of LaSalle Network here in Chicago, giving a warning to those employees who've adjusted to working remotely and don't want to return to the office once the pandemic is over. That may not be the best decision. This is WBBM's In-Depth, where we take a deep dive into a story we're telling on the air. I'm Cisco Cotto. This week, we continue our discussion on COVID-19 as more and more states are reopening their economies. We'll look at what the world of retail will look like, how the workplace has changed, and a warning about telecommuting. Also, TravelingMom.com shares some day trip ideas if you don't want to get on a plane with your family right now. First, many of us remember the commercials from the 1980s, wildly successful. They were promoting Wendy's. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? That question is being asked all over again in 2020, as the latest reports have something around 20% of Wendy's restaurants unable to get any beef, so they've just taken it off the menu. Phil Lempert is joining us. He is founder of SupermarketGuru.com in Los Angeles. Phil, it's a pretty good question, isn't it? Where's the beef? Exactly, Cisco. And I think that not only in the case of Wendy's, but every supermarket in the country, every fast food chain, every restaurant, they're going to be saying what Clara Peller said, where's the beef? Uh, keep in mind that because of the beef, uh, the meatpacking closures, we're only running about 60% capacity, and we haven't really even seen that impact yet because keep in mind a lot of these meat packers already have product in their refrigerators, product in their freezers, so it's going to get worse, and no question about it, the price of beef is going to go up. Um, in talking to a lot of restaurateurs and a lot of food service people, price of beef, price of pork, price of chicken, they're all going to be going up. When it comes to beef, Wendy's always brags about it being fresh beef. Is that one of the reasons why they're more susceptible early on? They don't have a, stuff, a bunch of stuff frozen in warehouses. 
Exactly. You are exactly on target. Um, it's all about fresh meat at this point in time, um, and that's the problem that we're going to see in supermarket shelves. What we're also going to see, I think, when we get past all this disaster, what we're going to see is the return to more local meat processors. Keep in mind that the reason that we're having this kind of impact is we've got these very, very large producers um, that are making millions of pounds a day. Um, we, they have thousands of workers on it. So I I think what we are going to see um, in the long term is the return to smaller meat producers, um, but that means we're going to be paying more. If, in fact, we want local that we say we do in, in produce and everything else, and we want local beef, the price is going to go up. These factories have been built to make the cheapest product possible, the fastest way, the most efficient way. And frankly, with the pandemic, it shows that that system is broken. Notice the Starbucks in our building here has some employees in there getting things ready. Starbucks says, what, something like 85% of the stores will be open by the end of this week? Yes, um, we're, we're seeing that, but also they're going to be pushing more for takeout. They're going to be pushing more to use their app to order. Um, we're starting to see a lot of retailers, for example, HEB, the supermarket chain in Texas. They're going, they've already gone totally cashless. Um, so you can download uh, money into, into a kiosk as you walk into the store, and their, their cashiers don't have to touch money. So we are going to see a lot of changes at Starbucks, uh, not on the coffee side, but on the technology side. Starbucks and other retailers are opening as it appears the White House Coronavirus Task Force is about to close. Michelle Cortez is here. She is a health reporter with Bloomberg News. Michelle, is the task force going away? Yes, they're they're talking about doing it in a slow way. We don't know whether we're going to actually get a formal announcement of this or not. But the Trump administration is definitely uh, the Trump administration is definitely refocusing to start working on opening up the economies and making sure that we are all able to get out there and do it safely. So they think the task force, as it's currently configured, we might not need any longer, and we're going to move on to something different. And so you'll have other officials in charge. I mean, it, it seems interesting that until there's a vaccine or or a, a treatment that, that, you know, pretty much takes care of it, it's just a little surprising that they would phase this out. It is a little bit surprising. Those of us who have been following this really closely are not quite sure who's going to be in charge going forward. There are some open questions about who's coordinating responses and whatnot, but there is some talk of Jared Kushner and others perhaps being more involved than they had been previously. And there might be different sets of groups who are coming together to work on different pieces of the outbreak. So we'll see what it looks like going forward. But um, certainly the virus doesn't go away just because the task force does. Yeah, it's very true, though the growth rate is heading in the right direction. Exactly. We're down to just under 2% of new cases today versus last week we were seeing about 2.6%. So that's great news that the country overall is moving in the right direction. The risk of that is that we're seeing significant drops in places like New York, where there had been so much virus circulating, but we're seeing increases in other places like in the South, where there have been already some opening measures. So there's concern that we're still going to have hot pockets and outbreaks in different locations throughout the country. So everyone's going to have to stay on their toes. And that is a situation where it's going to change. I mean, it could be day to day when it's going to change in some of these regions. 
it could be day to day. We'll we'll know more as testing increases and as people get out there more. Certainly at this point, we're not seeing big changes because people are only just now starting to get out there. And we know the incubation period is on average about three to five days, but it can last up to two weeks. So it might not be until the middle of May before we're starting to see a real surge in cases should this easing up and opening up lead to resurgence of the virus. What are we seeing as far as vaccine, treatment, any hope on the horizon? There is some good news about that. Pfizer has started its human trials for a vaccine. So we know there are other companies. Moderna is in front with this. J&J has a trial underway over in the UK. They've already started a trial in humans that they had already gotten all the way through the safety process. So they're pretty far along. So we have about a, a half a dozen or a dozen really promising vaccines. Hopefully one of them will pan out. Also, one of the most promising specific treatments that was designed just for this vaccine from Regeneron, they look at the antibodies that your body produces in response to this coronavirus, and they're saying they might be able to have some news on that by the fall, and that would be really great news. We don't know yet if there would be any sort of mutation of this virus at all. Maybe it's already happened. If so, just tell us generally, not specifically about COVID-19, but generally, what kind of challenges would that make for a vaccine or treatment? You know, Cisco, you have put your finger right on one of the absolute hottest topics of this virus. We know that it mutates every time a virus replicates. It creates the potential for mutation. So we know there's many, many mutations. The question is, is when, whether any of those changes actually has a measurable and demonstrative effect on how infectious or severe the diseases that results from that infection. So if we're just seeing some mutations, that's not necessarily a problem, but the actual severity of it, that could be. We've seen that there's a different virus circulating on the East Coast to the West Coast, and whether that's a real thing, and that means that we might not have our finger exactly on the virus that we want to be targeting with the vaccine, that is also still unknown. Let's move from mutating viruses to the mutating retail experience. Shopping is going to be different for a long time, maybe permanently. Dana Telsey is here to talk about it. Dana is CEO and Chief Research Officer at Telsey Advisory Group in New York. Dana, it seems like when it comes to the retail experience, nothing is ever going to be the same. I think you're going to see stores with reduced hours. I think there's going to be managed traffic flow into and out of stores. I think you'll see fewer merchandise racks in a store. You'll see curbside pickup. You may see some stores having more goods in the window of the store so people can pick from outside. In essence, it's a way to have commerce and drive sales, but on a more limited basis of what of how many people you're allowed to have in a store and frankly, managing so that both the sales associates and the customers feel safe. The reduced merchandise that you mentioned is interesting to me because I think I've already seen that in some of the stores that have stayed open, some of the big box stores, where you walk in and the clothing racks are more spread apart. But the more you look, the more you realize they just don't have as much stuff in here. Well, some of them are putting the merchandise in the back. Some of them don't want the racks all near each other because then that fosters people being feeling closer to each other. And what we've seen in some of the big box stores, you've seen greater sales increases in the essentials and weakness in discretionary, discretionary items. Obviously, the 
high unemployment, where these unemployment claims keep going up, it'll take a while, certainly, for different income levels to feel comfortable allocating dollars to discretionary spend. At some point, you will have, uh, whether it's a vaccine or, or, or other treatment for this, but are we likely to see some of these things that are permanent? I'm thinking, for example, those plastic see-through screens at the checkout aisles. I think you will see that. I mean, you will see see-through screens. You're going to see contactless payment. You're going to see plexiglass in front of the register. Any way to make people feel safe to manage interaction during this time period. And we don't know how long this social distancing is going to be in place, but certainly now for the near term, at least until a vaccine is found. That may be a year or more away if they're able to find a vaccine at all. That has a lot of Americans saying not only do they expect a different shopping experience, but they expect a very different flying experience. And many of them are going to stay away from airplanes for quite a while. That's why Warren Buffett announced he's pulling a significant stake out of airlines. That sent airline stocks falling. What can we do if we want to do some traveling with our families in this spring and summer season? Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com, joined us on the WBBM Noon Business Hours Travel Tuesday segment. Cindy, we're talking about what? Get in the car, minivan, SUV, and go just a few hours away? Yeah, I think the the name of the game right now is day trips, right? Uh, You don't want to stay in a hotel. You don't want to have to worry about a restaurant. You just want to go someplace close enough. You just got to get out of the house, right, by now. You know, what's fascinating about that is right now, if you were willing to stay in a hotel, boy, there are deals to be had out there, but people are not wanting to risk it, and that's why there are deals. Well, the fascinating thing, you know, I, I posted on my Facebook page last week, I'm like, who's ready to travel like me, and what do you need to do to feel safe? And I got I got so many comments, everything from I'm not going anywhere until there's a vaccine to a woman who's already booked five cruises (laughs) because it was two hundred dollars a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all about risk tolerance. If you're willing to risk it, there are deals. I think so. Oh, there's definitely huge deals. But the reality is for most of us, we're not doing that right. It's only it's only people who are really crazy travelers right now. We just need to get out of the house, breathe a little fresh air. Let the kids run around a little bit and, um, and, and get a little change of scenery. So, so what I was thinking about was, you know, there's a couple of things. And, and the other caveat here is, you know, this is a moving target. So anything I say is true as of 1240 on Tuesday. <laughs> so before you go anywhere, you should always check the website and make sure the place is still open uh, and check the hours because a lot of them are working on reduced hours. But, well, let's talk about you know, beaches, right? Because here in Chicago, you're, you're just not going to get that right now. You have to go somewhere else. Well, you know, you can just drive over the state line to northwest Indiana. The beaches here have have opened. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be beach weekend this weekend, but it's, you know, it'll get warm again someday and and you can come around. And, you know, the Indiana Dunes is a huge beach, right? It's not small like Oak Street Beach where you're really going to be on top of each other. You have the opportunity to spread out. There There are a number of access points to the beach. You don't have to go in through the National Park. What about those uh, those golf courses? I know a lot of friends really dying to get back out. Well, the Illinois golf courses are open again as of Tuesday, um, only for twosomes, and you have to walk. So no carts. And, and all of these places, you have to remember that the services are really limited. So uh, like at the beaches, not all the restrooms are going to be open. Definitely no concessions. So you've got to pack in whatever you want, right? Bring your water, bring your snacks. Um, make a plan for, you know, using nature's bathroom if, if need be. If you're going to be on a trail, uh, you're probably not going to be able to have access to 
anything that you would normally expect to have. And little by little, we're getting state parks back open if parents are looking to take the kids somewhere to get outside a little bit. Absolutely. Check the website, but the, the state parks in Indiana and a, and a number of them in Illinois are at least at limited opening spaces. Um, but, I, you know, I always tell people, before you go, make sure you've talked to the kids. And if they get there, if you get there and the parking lot's full and there's people roaming around and you don't feel comfortable, you're going to leave. You're not going to take the hike. So prepare them before you go and make sure you, you know, you observe all of the rules that we live under these days, right? Stay six feet away. If you pass somebody on the trail, step off. Let them walk past you before you move on. Don't brush shoulders. Um, wear your mask, even if you're outside, if you're going to be around other people. And again, bring all of your supplies that you'll need to get through the day. A lot of those rules are impacting the workplace. In addition to travel, they're impacting where people work and how they work. And this stay-at-home order that has had a lot of people working from home has some of them saying, hey, this isn't so bad. I kind of like this. I wonder if I can continue this. There's actually a danger in pushing to work from home some more. Let's talk to Tom Gimbel about that. He is founder and CEO of LaSalle Network here in Chicago. Tom, this for the most part is just all about wearing sweatpants, right? Well, you give you give a mouse a cookie and they'll want a glass of milk, I guess, is the <laughs> old kid story. But I, I you know, it what'll really be interesting is it all depends on how well the company does. And so I've heard this a lot from my clients that employees have started to ask that. And quite frankly, so have a few of my employees. And the answer is, if our revenues are down, that doesn't necessarily mean that work from home is working. And people, the natural response is, well, it's the economy. Well, we've got to figure out if our companies, any company, can actually be successful and make a profit and grow with people working from home. There's some give and take here, right? Because if you're not in the uh, workplace, well, you lose camaraderie, teamwork, that sort of stuff. At home, though, I saw a recent study, employees put in actually more work hours if they're at home. It's a little tougher to detach. Well, the interesting thing is not that that is true. However, what it's also showing is that pre-coronavirus, people who were working from home weren't maximizing their output. So you had people who's, who were working from home before, now we're working from home with everybody else. And now that everybody's being measured working from home, all of the activity level and productivity level is rising. So I'm also going to go out there and say some people were taking advantage of working from home and not putting in as much as they could have. And now that's turned around, at least it seems like it. Uh, so for employers, it comes down to profitability. Is there a savings? If you don't have to have all these employees in-house, maybe you save on some square footage. Well, not in the short term because everybody's got lease obligations and landlords aren't uh, ripping up leases right now. So as long as companies have long-term lease obligations and the belief is that people – it really comes down to what, what management, what executives believe is best for their company and their clients to make people come in who don't need to. Now, the one thing, Cisco, especially where our audience is in Chicago, is you have to realize is that if – Companies are going to have people work from home. They're going to have cheap labor work from home. And it's less expensive to have somebody doing the work who lives in Kansas or Montana than in downtown Chicago. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. uh, if it's online, if it's remote, you could be anywhere. If it's remote and it can be anywhere, why keep you? That's going to end up being – so the people who ask uh, for too much, they may end up getting burned because companies are going to go, if we're going to have people work remote, we're going to find the least expensive labor we can. And it's not going to be in major metropolitan areas. It's going to be in more remote 
where the cost of living is cheaper, so you don't have to pay as people as much. So how does an employee that's at home and wants to stay at home, how do they do that and show that they're valuable, show that you need to not only let them work at home, but also keep them? Well, that's really the key thing is, are you adding value to the best of your ability? Number one, is your department growing? Is the profits there? If you're not in a revenue production role, are you saving expenses? Not necessarily just by being at home, but are you adding value to the company that way? Number three, does your manager like you? Are you are you really on good terms and do they think that you're a value add to the company? And number four, are you cross-trained and do you know more about the company than just your singular role? Those are the four immediate areas to look at before you even get into, do you want to make more money? Do you want bonuses? Do you want to get promoted? And can you do that in a remote job? Join us next week for another edition of the WBBM In-Depth Podcast, where we take a deep dive into a story we're telling on the air. And be sure to subscribe to receive this free podcast every Wednesday. Of course, listen anytime for the stories that matter by listening to WBBM on the Radio.com app or on your radio. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.